Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back, folks. Tan Trung, WWL multimedia journalist, joins us on his release of his new podcast. Tan, welcome to the show. No, thanks for having me. So the new podcast, a little bit about the 57th governor for the great state of Louisiana, Jeff Landry, as he comes in. And you kind of set a landscape of Republicans and Democratic parties, where they find themselves and where we go in in the near future. Yeah, you know, and I think if you recall last year, Newell, when I was taking a look at some of the major headlines politically that we might be seeing in 2023, I sat down with political science professor Ed Shervinak, who is teaching at the University of New Orleans, and he said, you know, the governor's race is going to be the, the big headline. And I figured, well, let's let's follow up with that now that Governor Landry is now actually the governor. And, you know, I wanted to take a look at some of the political landscape and some of the political headlines and this really big shift of what we're seeing now in Louisiana from the John Bell Edwards administration to now a Governor Landry administration and what it means to have a completely Republican-controlled state legislature and the governor's mansion. I think that, you know, it's, it's a worthy subject to take a look at because these are kind of shifts that we haven't really seen in a long time in Louisiana. Yeah, I don't remember the last time that we had a supermajority in the House, supermajority in the Senate, both of the same party as the executive branch, the governor, uh, that 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 aligned. I, I know you talked to Ed Shervinak, and I'm not sure whether he remembers a time that that actually existed. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. I mean, the, the, the last time that I saw that there was – a majority that we, we saw with Democrats, I think you'd have to go back to the 90s, and I, I could be mistaken, but in, just think about it this way. In 1991, there was only one Republican who held a statewide office, which is pretty you know, bonkers that if you take a look at the political landscape and, and the shift from Democrat to Republican in Louisiana. But, you know, that, that was just a matter of 30 years ago. But now we have a situation and a, a dynamic where you have Governor Landry, who many people would consider a model MAGA Republican, uh, in line with the supermajority in the state legislature. And we're already seeing some of the uh, kind of advancements of policies and plans uh, early on in the Landry administration with the redistricting and also his emphasis on fighting crime, which was something that he really campaigned uh, intensely during that time that he was running for governor. So we're already seeing it. And I think that as we're looking at, you know, coming into this presidential election, and what's going to be happening there. And, you know, and I hate to say that we're not necessarily in play, but it's going to be less dramatic here because 
you know, the Democratic Party uh, nationally won't pay attention too much to Louisiana. And if the former president is going to be the, the nominee, then by all intents and purposes, you, you already have something that's going to be a shoe in for the Republican candidate there. But, you know, I think more or less the, the emphasis and I think the concentration of this episode for the podcast was really to take a look at dynamic of what's going to be for Louisiana and what we should expect for Louisiana as we're seeing the supermajority held by the Republicans and really the struggles of the Democratic Party within Louisiana. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, when you have the overlay of voter apathy in general, right, it doesn't matter if there's mm-hmm. a D and R an independent, uh, we look at um, the numbers of turnout, uh, they're, they're deplorable. I mean, I remember when I first oh, started absolutely. voting as, as an 18-year-old back in 1976, uh, the turnout was far greater than, than what it is now. I mean, I, I, in fact, I remember as a young kid with going with my parents waiting in lines uh, to vote mm-hmm. for sometimes as long as an hour in presidential elections or two hours in a presidential election. You don't see that any longer. No, no. And you, you take a look at just the gubernatorial race that we had in, in November and, and you see Governor Landry clearing and bypassing a runoff. Um, yes, he won more than 50 percent of the vote, but the, the overall turnout for that particular race in that particular election cycle was 36 percent. Uh, that That is, as you say, it's deplorable. It's abysmal. And then if you're the Democratic Party, you look at Democratic turnout in a very Democratic area of like New Orleans, uh, it was below 20 percent. And you have real struggles there if, if you're a Democrat in Louisiana, if you're part of the Democratic Party. But overall, regardless of whether you have an R or a D or if you're an independent, if you look at the voter turnout in Louisiana and you have some real sources of concern, I mean, I'd, I'd say that, you know, there's probably more interest in, you know, the, the last play of the, the Saints game this last season uh, than there was probably in the voter turnout. And that, that's saying something about where Louisiana is politically. Yeah, and I know that in, in the podcast, Ed Shervinak talked a, a lot about the problems of the Democratic Party in, in, in light of uh, this, this whipping that they took, so to speak, and, you know, with uh, uh, Jeff Landry winning in the first. And I say this often, that it's, it's odd when the best thing the Democrats have for them is the Republican Party, and the best thing the Republican Party has gone for them is the Democratic Party. And what I mean by that, there's complete total dysfunction on both sides of that aisle, and that, that's the, the best characteristic or attribute that they have going for them is how bad the yeah. opposing party is. You know, it's a sad commentary. Yeah. It's a sad commentary, but it, it's, it's a very, very accurate insight. And, you know, I, I, you know, it's the beating that you I don't think anybody in the Democratic Party in Louisiana is going to argue with that. It, it was a, a, a bad beating uh, that Sean Wilson took uh, in, in that race. And you look at the, the internal distress that the Democratic Party in Louisiana is undergoing right now. Many of the, the members within the party itself are calling for Katie Bernhardt, who is the, the chief uh, and the chair of the Democratic Party in Louisiana, to step down. Um, you know, they had real struggles to produce uh, what many would consider a, a viable candidate, a candidate that would cause people or propel people to go to the voting rolls and uh, go to the polls. Uh, 
they had struggles in fundraising. And as Ed Sherman uh, said in the podcast, you know, the, the national party on the Democratic side basically looked at Louisiana and said, you know, we're, we're not going to divert and we're not going to put resources, a.k.a. money, uh, into helping any of the races because they, there wasn't much confidence that the Democratic Party here in Louisiana would do much with the, those resources. So I think, you know, and, and as I was sitting down with uh, Dr. Shervinak last year, he said, look, the Demo- and I asked him, you know, wh- where are the Democrats in this? He said the Democratic Party in Louisiana is lost in the woods. A year later, uh, he said that they're deeper in the woods right now, and it's going to take a, a considerable amount of time and effort for the Democratic Party to find itself here in Louisiana, which, again, 30 years ago was a very viable and very powerful party in, in the state. But within a matter of 30 years now, you have uh, a majority kind of stronghold by, held by the, the Republicans, both in the governor's mansion and now in the state legislature. A couple of things that were interesting, I think you probably interviewed Ed Shervinak before the end of the special session, and uh, both of you said something along the lines of that Republicans will factionalize, and it turns out they did uh, to some extent yeah. in the, yeah. the first special session. And also, uh, whether this particular landscape, right, with um, supermajorities in the House and the Senate and and you align from a party perspective with the executive department, whether or not that's going to be uh, a, a challenge uh, or, is, or is it an opportunity as it relates to budget, as it relates to a, a bunch of different issues. And there's, I, I get the sense that, that governing in some respect is complicated by that fact uh, because you might get too comfortable knowing that every, you know, everything's aligning for you and I think it revealed itself in his first legislative in his special session that it's not going to totally align 100 percent. And it's not going to take much to factionalize on, on some of these issues if you don't really work it and do your homework. Uh, when you know you're behind the eight ball, you tend to work harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that is the, the human element of politics. You know, yeah. politics is, yeah. uh, you know, at its core, uh, about human nature and the human uh, interactions between people. And even if you have, you know, the, the R next to your name and, and next to your office, as you do now in, in state government in Louisiana, that doesn't guarantee that there's going to be smooth sailing throughout. And as you saw, I mean, with the redistricting process, uh, some Republicans emerged and going against the plan, some for it, and there's reasons why for it. Uh, and they held their respective positions. Um, but, you know, when you have basically a, a possible echo chamber, um, which is something that could possibly happen here, where everybody aligns, um, that, that's nice on paper. But when it comes time to politics and people's interests and whether they, they want to hold their positions uh, and the reasons why they do, uh, that's not always going to be a, a recipe for success. And, you know, at, at this point, too, Sometimes you need a, a dissenting opinion. There's a reason why that you know that we have this this process of having differing opinions. Um, but I think Dr. Shervinak placed it best. It's like, look, at this point, the Republicans run the show. Um, that's good in the sense that they can get their policies and plans in place and, and push them through. Um, but you also own the failures. I mean, if, if there's successes, you own it. If there's failures, you own it as well. Um, and that is the, the challenge that they might have. 
And it'll be, I think, very interesting to kind of see what what the process is going to be and how they'll proceed in having this supermajority. And I think it's also going to be interesting with the, the relationship that the governor is going to have with the city of New Orleans, because uh, as we discussed in the podcast, you know, it, it's very easy. And, you know, as a attorney general, Jeff Landry never really shied away from taking shots at New Orleans. But now that he's governor, New Orleans is a very pivotal key and a key component of the state's economy. Um, and, you know, as a candidate, it, it's very easy to swipe at New Orleans and the leadership here. But now you have to work with them because there's a there's a vested interest of the governor of Louisiana to have New Orleans be successful, to lower the crime rate, to increase tourism, to generate more tax revenue. Um, so I think, in, you know, that dynamic between the mayor of New Orleans, you're already seeing it with the district attorney. Um, there's relationships being forged now. And now we're also having, you know, the supplemental kind of contingent from Louisiana State Police, where they're going to have a, a troop dedicated, about 40 troopers dedicated to helping to police the city of New Orleans because of the depleted numbers that we have in NOPD. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, because I, I think yeah. um, that you believe and I believe as well, all things kind of flow through New Orleans, right? They have the international identity. They have the national identity here in the state of Louisiana, you know, the, the major port facilities in and immediately adjacent to the city of New Orleans that fall under the jurisdiction of that port, which is actually operated by the state, not by the city, um, mm. you know, is very, very important. So a lot of things flow through New Orleans. And where we go with this next special session of criminal justice reform, to me, is going to be very important. The reinvestment side of it, I think, has failed uh, but there are some other provisions in there I didn't necessarily agree with, but I understood why they put them in there because the the cost of doing business uh, is mm-hmm. is incredibly high. I certainly hope we come out with something more than just 40 troopers coming to New Orleans because 40 troopers coming to New Orleans is a drop in the bucket. And if you look at it from the fact that there are eight uh, districts, right, um, mm-hmm. that's five troopers in each district. That's not moving the needle. And I keep hearing this, you know, rhetoric and dialogue about moving the needle down here and and having, you know, five troopers running as free agents, kind of, so to speak, in in each district. That ain't moving the needle. Uh, You know, and it it needs to be a very closely delineated uh, strategic plan I don't see it, and I don't see much that has come to the forefront yet in preparation for this um, criminal justice uh, reform special session. We were talking to Tanner McGee, a former Louisiana state representative that that resigned and didn't run for reelection, could have but decided not to, um, you know, say that it's, um, you know, a lot of what should be being bannered about in, in the advent of that special session, he talked to some of his peers mm-hmm. the other day. They've seen nothing. And this is very complicated um, policy stuff. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But if they if they really believe that they're going to get the sound bites on 40 troopers, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I, and, and you know better than most, Newell, about you know manpower and, and the, the amount of manpower it takes to, to secure a region, an area, a parish, 
Um, you know, again, if you look at, you know, 40 troopers, you know, if you break that down, yes, that's five troopers per district <laughs> covering how many shifts, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that, that's I don't think anybody um, that, that is knowledgeable about, you know, law enforcement uh, would say that's going to be an adequate uh, amount of people. Sure, it's a start. I mean, it, I it helps. Really, I get it. Yeah. I, I don't mean to be Absolutely. too critical of it, but I do believe that there's a better way of weaving them into this operationally that that you know we could judge the effectiveness of it and understand um the impact of of troopers being in the city and i think they have a lot to offer quite frankly i'm not being critical of them at all no i i don't think you are either but i think that it's important to uh, and particularly for you know the supporters and 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 um you know, detractors of the governor, you can't necessarily just take a look and, and view this through a political vacuum. Um, no. I, I think it would be very easy for, you know, so-called MAGA Republicans to revel in the failures of a blue, a blue-led city, a Democratic-led city like New Orleans. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, you see on social media. You can't, you can't fall into that trap if you're in government and if you're governing right now. Um, you know, as a candidate, it's different. Um, as somebody on social media, it's different. Yes, you can, you can say, you know, a lot of democratically led states and a lot of democratically led cities are, you know, atrocious. Yeah, that's fine and easy. But when you're actually governing and you're the person in charge of making sure that the state operates as it should, um, you need to have investment in a place like New Orleans. Because if not for nothing else, the sheer economic engine that it is, um, and if you're serious about, you know, turning the, the tide of crime here, it's going to take investment, and I don't think anybody in state government at this point is going to say 40 troopers is going to be enough. And, again, that's not knocking what their, their, their initial point, their starting point is, but I don't think anybody in state government is going to say that's going to be sufficient to turn, turn the tide on crime in New Orleans. No, you're so right. And, uh, another great podcast. Where can we find it? Uh, Newell, they can find the Town Report wherever they get their podcast. So if you search for the Town Report, my name is spelled T-H-A-N-H, Report. Just search for that wherever you get your podcast on your podcast platforms, and it'll pop up. All righty. Well, thank you so much. Great job, as always. Truly appreciate it, Tom. Have a great week. Newell, take care. All righty. We'll be right back, folks. We would love to hear from you. We've got some free time, 504-260-1870. We spent a lot of time talking today about the first special legislative session, the winners, the losers. Um, Love to hear from you. How would you grade uh, the performance of the first legislative session? A, B, C, D, F? We'll go to the talk lines when we come back. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Stay with us. This is Newell on WWL. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressors and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hi, welcome back, folks. We're having a little technical difficulty. Lost the signal there. I understand we've been losing the signal all day long, and we've been trying to work that out. Let's go to Opie on line one. Opie? Good morning or good afternoon, Neil. How are you? Well, a little frustrated. It seems like in America we don't want to solve problems. In the old days, if you stole a horse... It was a punishment that everybody knew. The automobile has replaced the horse, yet I'm scared to go to New Orleans now. I'm calling from Bay St. Louis. I used to go once a week and ride my bike and this and that. I don't know. Yeah, I think we may have lost. He had a bad uh, cell um, situation. And, and like I understand the fear that people have. Uh, uh, it's real. Uh, the numbers are real. Um, and I know that there are a lot of folks that are advocating uh, for harsher sentencing. Carjacking has a sentence of not less than two years, no more than 20 without benefit of parole, probation, or suspension of sentence. Um, more years, I'm not so sure, is going to have uh, created deterrence. In, in that particular crime category. Uh, the theft of motor vehicles, obviously, in the city of New Orleans ran amok last year. I think there were over 7,000 vehicles stolen. Uh, that's a property crime. And so the sentences are far less. I have been, for a long time, advocating an if X, then Y system. I don't think it's fair, nor do I think it appropriate that when cases get allotted amongst the many different judges that serve on court systems throughout the state of Louisiana, that it's the luck of the draw as to the political bent or the political ideology or the ideology of the judge as to what type of sentence you're going to have. That that exercise of discretion by judges leads to outcomes that we cannot explain. And when you have 
laws that provide a wide range of sentencing could be five, could be 99. Um, there's a lot of room for discretion there. And we constantly get caught up in arguments about what we ought to be doing as it relates to truth in sentencing or otherwise. As long as there's judicial discretion, we're going to continue to have these anomalies that we can't explain away, plain and simple. And so I I have become more and more an advocate of if X, then Y. You violate that law, you get this. First offense. You violate that law, second offense, you get this. There's no consideration as to the state of the offender. There's no consideration as to the state of the victim. It can be very harsh in its application. I get it. But I'm sick and tired of talking about disproportionate uh, outcomes, uh, disproportionate treatment, over-incarceration, and all of these other issues when law, uh, a law enforcement agency, a first responder agency that's responding to calls, they have no control over who uh, the offenders are. They get the evidence from the victim. The victim gives description. Or you have forensic evidence. You go out and you find a bad guy. And and, and, and it doesn't matter the color of their skin, their ethnicity, their gender, or anything else. And you put them in jail. It's every other part of the system that really has more of an influence as to what the outcome of these cases are going to be utilizing the exercise of discretion. There was a lot of discretion that was talked about when Jason Williams came into office about what he was not willing to do. He's retreated off a lot of those positions. Why? When you stare victims in the face and you see the impact on their lives, both financial and emotional and otherwise, you begin to have a different perspective of what's actually happening out there on the streets of our city. And maybe those enhanced sentences don't look so terrible after all. In the abstract, it sounds horrible maybe in some cases. We all want to believe that any number of of the men and women that are convicted in this state can be rehabilitated. And I'm sure there's a good percentage that can be. But there's also a good percentage of them that won't. Don't have the desire. It's the same thing when you talk about addictive disorder. We have about a 9% success rate in this country. Even those with uh, families that are willing to stand up and they're advocates for them and they're there helping them day in and day. They have a great support system. Not a high success rate. Same thing with recidivism. We see it over and over and over again. Because of the situation that they come out of, but when they go in and they step into the life of crime, getting a job, earning an honest day's wage, going through the trials and tribulations, life's not fair, life's not easy, they're twists and turns for everybody at different points in time in their life, and, you know, not everyone has been dealt the same hand. But that shouldn't really impact where we are Uh, as it relates to thinking about being more victim-centric as opposed to offender-centric. And that's the big rub right now. And it's going to be a rub as we go into this special session on crime as to what the outcome 
is going to be. Let's go to Richard on line two. Richard, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, though? Listen. Good. Um, I'm an advocate also of um, you do wrong, you got to be locked up, uh, pay the punishment, whatever the consequences are. No matter whether you're black, white, or green, gay, straight, or in between, you do wrong, you got to pay the consequences. Um, just think about um, the graph of Jeff Landry with the, um, with the voting. Um, this suppression is what he's doing, uh, disfranchising um, the un- independence and, 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 and what have you. Um, okay, and it's just crazy, man, how people allow themselves to continue to be flim-flam, bamboozle, okay, uh, and flim-flam and okadoke. And they continue to allow themselves to be used cynically. And they act like they can't think for themselves, man. You, 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 you can't, you can't, uh, uh, black people, listen. Crime in, your na- in our neighborhoods, I'm a black person, and I'm a Muslim. Crime in our neighborhoods, we've got to step up. I step up in my community. I'm an ex-kind, and guess what? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going I'm, to I'm own, I'm own your weapon because I'm not going to deal with these crazy people. I'm not out here starting no trouble, but guess what, New? I have stopped um, shootings while I'm out here uh, um, just driving, and I see it. I stop fighting. I get out of my car. I'm one of them citizens that stop, and if I see something, I'm going to say or do something. It's right against wrong today. People, people just a lot of, lot of things to happen, and they don't care unless it's happening to them. People, it's happening to you too. Guess what? You got gays in your family. Guess what? You got uh, 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 criminals in your family. You got drug addicts, and we act like, you know, we don't have these things, and people don't. You know, everybody got this in their family. I mean, I, I, right now, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm just disappointed. In my black community, we're not voting. You are allowing Jeff, just like you said, Jeff Landry have a runoff. Black and people didn't even know they had a black governor running. Is that black people? We are a disgrace to the civil rights movement. We so much turned about ourselves instead of thinking about our children, grandchildren, generations to come. My vote don't count. No, your vote not gonna count if you don't go and vote. I agree with yeah, you. That, that's one. Yeah. That's one way to make sure it doesn't count. Don't vote. Yeah, it's Not just good. crazy. And just, I'm just, I'm just tired of the the the, the, the hypocrite of uh, yes, man. The hypocrite of everything, you know. And it's just saying Re- people got to come together and stop allowing Re- people, the politicians, to tell them what to think, to tell them what Re- they should be grieving about. And, and Richard, I think want to be told what to do. I think you're articulating a lot of the same frustrations that a lot of people have, no matter race, ethnicity, or gender, about the hypocrisy in our government and what we're doing, what we're saying, and this sleight of hand that we play all the time. And we're not just being honest. And people are are tired of it. And it reflects in the voter turnout. They're apathetic. They don't believe in the process any longer. They 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 under, they believe that the reality of this is not what they learned in school many many years ago. Thank you so much for the call, Rashad. We'll be right back, folks. Five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. Would love to hear someone on the outcome of the legislative uh, special session, the first one, A, B, C, or D, or an F. 
How, do, how would you grade it? We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we're back, 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. And I, I'll just go ahead and, and grade this. I think it's uh, evenly split. I think it was a, it was a C. Um, I don't like that they have a bunch of races, political races, Supreme Court, Bessie, PSC, con- Congress, both Senate and the House, that we're going to have closed primaries. I think they should have offered – the public an opportunity to weigh in on that issue. I think it fundamentally changes a way that we have reached a comfort level in how we elect our leaders on, in those respective offices. Um, you know, I, I didn't like that as a compromise. Um, and uh, But I do believe that the legis- legislature stood up and, and took the governor to task on a number of issues and really gutted a lot of what uh, he wanted to do. Uh, it could have been a lot easier, I think, if there would have been more of a heads up as to what was going to be in the call, more information to be put out for the public to consume. It, it seems as though, as I said before, that it had to be done in haste, and we were going to try to ride the wave. Whatever popularity the governor believes that he has, uh, was going to try and translate that into fundamentally changing the way that we were going to elect public officials. And obviously, he knew where his political bread was buttered uh, because he has set himself up as the law and order governor and the two offices that he exempted from closed primaries were sheriffs and DAs. It's hard to sell a case, you know, that's contrary to what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, having been a sheriff, I would have been adamantly opposed to it, even though, quite frankly, it would ignore to most of the incumbents, um, there's no term limits, would have ignored to their benefit to go into that closed primary system. And, you know, you have the popularity at that point in time, uh, and then, or if you're not that popular, you're going to have the protection of the party. And... You know, and especially if if it was a clear delineation of uh, red over blue or blue over red in any particular uh, parish and or other uh, multi uh, district uh, offices like DAs and um, uh, that serve more than more than one parish. So it's going to be interesting to see how this next uh, special session um, is graded uh 
on a text line, folks have said, can't grade, don't have enough information, we'll review the results or information from, from my representative, then, then I'll grade. That's a good position to take, to go educate oneself about what actually happened and why. Uh, that's why we had Tanner McGee on uh, today. A lot of the folks that are sitting inside of the, the federally identified poverty level in this country now, um, California just recently opened up Medicaid uh, to a whole nother age group of illegal immigrants there. Uh, they're now covering over 700,000 illegal immigrants in their uh, program. It is the largest Medicaid expansion program in the country, uh, and it's really breaking uh, the state of California. And uh, the numbers are going crazy as to the cost. Um, their state-run Medi-Cal system is about $37 billion now. This um, entitlement that's been increased to the new age group is going to add about 10% to that $37 billion. It'll cost another $3.1 billion annually. A lot of other states, there's been a lot of pressure, especially those Democrat-led. Scoot's up next, and he joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot? We have a little politics to, uh, to talk about today. New Hampshire primary is today. Also, it was on this day in 1984 that Boy George and Annie Lennox, I mean, you couldn't tell which one was the boy and which one was the girl, uh, appeared on the cover of Newsweek magazine, and the headline was, Britain Rocks America Again. And this was about the second British invasion in the 80s. The first one in the 60s, the second one in the 80s. Uh, we'll have some um, good bumper music to uh, to play when we talk about that a little bit later in the show. All righty, Scoot's got a great lineup coming your way, folks. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We'll check in with you guys again in the morning. Have a great Tuesday evening. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.